Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Canadian screenwriter, producer and director Luke Deal as part of C21's Content Quebec On Demand about how he's navigated his career and the lessons learned from it over 25 years in film and television. Luke Dion is a Canadian screenwriter, producer and director born in Quebec in 1960 and with over 25 years' experience in film and television. He made his entry into the world of screenwriters in 1996 when he wrote his first screenplay, Omerta, La Loi de Silence, often cited as an influence for The Sopranos. Since then, he's written drama series including Tag, Bunker Le Cirque, The Last Chapter and Blue Moon, as well as movies like Monica Le Mitraille, Aurore and L'Enfant Prodige. For the past five years, Dion's been writing daily drama District 31, which examines the inner workings of an active police squad in a Montreal district. As part of C21's Content Quebec On Demand, he spoke with Michael Picard about how he's navigated his career, the lessons learned from it, the challenges of penning 160 pages of scripts a week, and offers some tips to upcoming writers. So Luke, um, thank you so much for joining us and being part of Content Quebec On Demand. It's great to have you and, and I gather we're interrupting your vacation after filming Wrapped On on District 31. So thank you uh, for letting us do that. How, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm on vacation. So I play golf, <laughs> eat a little, drink a lot of wine. So things great. are good. And I gather season five of, of District 31 that you've just finished filming, I, I expect it's been a, a season of production like like no other. How how has it been for you amid the current pandemic and, and the, the difficulties that that might bring the show? Well, there's two parts, two answers to your question. The first one would be on the personal level, uh, as a writer, it doesn't change anything for me because uh, uh, I don't do anything when I write. The only thing I can do is stay at my house and write. I have to write 160 pages every week so can you imagine that i mean there's i i don't have any sundays or weekend or i'm just writing that's the only thing i do in my life so it was not different than what i used to do before on another level as a writer it was different because of the you know because of what you're allowed to do on a set what you're not allowed to do on a set i didn't think it would affect my work too much but it did in a sense because there's i mean i'm writing a show about cops and we could not arrest anybody i mean physically like you can't jump on anybody or and uh, you know uncuff cuff them or or what have you. So that part, yes. But on a personal level, as a writer, the amount of work I'm doing every week doesn't change anything. I don't see my friends. I don't see anybody. I just write. That's the only thing I do in my life. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an incredible schedule you you must have because the, show, the show's been going for five years now. You're you're the right the writer and the creator. I mean, can you talk us through um, the process that you have you know just to produce that much uh, story and and you know so many scripts a week well I, I usually explain it in the way that as a writer I'm like I'm one of the characters in other words it's Monday morning I go to the police station open the door gets in the in that what we call it the, the bullpen you know where all you know the, the the cops are there and the detectives are there and everything and then a case happened and what do you do well there's a murder okay what do we do we are we have 
have to go there. We have to talk to people. That that's the way I work. I I, I don't know what I'm going to write the next week after the week after, or I don't have any plan. I've, I've got a like a major plan. You know, this year I'm going to talk about uh, domestic violence or about child pornography or you know different subject. But as far as the story goes, I mean, I'm I'm like floating with the story. There's no way I cannot plan a hundred and twenty episode because there's what I write and and there's what the actors are going to give me and you know it, it's a balance between what they gave me what I can write you know sometimes an actor can give me something and say okay I can I can I can go there a, a little bit further with that character that's that's the way I yeah uh, I approach that you know I start the years with about like 20 subjects knowing that I want to talk about this elderly people blah 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 uh, this year was different because on a personal level I mean you know actors can't kiss each other or what have you you know so I was kind of limited with the personal contact you know within the actors but as far as the stories are concerned I just go with the flow I mean it's wherever the story brings me you know there's an amazing story with District uh, 31 I had a character that I used in the first year for only two episodes and she stayed there for five years because of what she was giving me I mean she was you know the actress who did that was was interesting she was very generous and I liked what she did with her character so I started from there and five years later well she's dead now she just died this year so you know as a character and not as an actress and and because this is um, a daily drama in in Quebec I mean and it's a cop show as well how do you um, measure the tone of the series is it is it perhaps um, a bit soapy you know as we might expect from a drama that airs every day or or would you say it still is quite a hard um, you know tough crime drama that we might expect oh it's a tough tough crime yeah. drama I, I I um believe me there's nothing soapy about me <laughs> <laughs> and it's not only about me I mean my producer and my associate producer uh, she's been doing this stuff for 20 years you know <laughs> daily shows and uh she's not the kind of a producer that like soapy stuff either you know she's uh no it's like a, a real drama and it's it's at seven o'clock at night so you know we're we we're opening the prime time television uh, every night you know uh and 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 we have a very um good audience they follow us since five years they're still there you know so uh no a murder is a murder you want to you don't want to be gruesome you don't want to you know you have to be careful because it's seven o'clock but that you know i talk about some pretty heavy stuff on that show you know and that's probably why people follow up. i usually say to people half of my friends wants to put the other half of my friends in jail. Uh, that's that's true. So I kind of know what happened on both sides, you know? And I think what people like about this show is it is exactly what reality is. It's not a TV thing or, you know, sometimes I've got cases, I've got cases, murder cases that still go on since three years that they're not solved. They know who did it. They just can't prove it. And that's the reality, you know? And, and when I started this show, the thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to show to normal, regular people, people like you and I, how your life can change in a heartbeat because you take a bad decision. Uh, you're having a third glass of wine, take your car, hit a child, boom, you're a criminal. I mean, I had a story about a guy who was going to see a movie with, a, with his kid and his wife. And, you know, he was there, was about to park his car in a parking lot. Somebody took his space. 
He went out of the car, had a battle, knocked the guy down. The guy hit his head and he died. I mean, you take your car to go to, the, to see a movie. And an hour after you're in jail because you killed somebody. And that, that was the essence of the show at the beginning. I think that's what people, that's why people related to that show because they could see themselves. Because, you know, 95% of the people that goes in a police station, they're not criminal. They're, they're either victim of a criminal act or, you know, they did a criminal act not knowing they were doing something. And I think that's why, you know, when, when you can portray normal people in these situations, I think people can relate with what the characters are living. And, and through the series, you've got to pace yourself, I imagine, going 120 episodes a year. So is it kind of, you know, a case of the day or do you, how do you pace the show? So, you know, there's something in every episode and yet you can fill 120 well, episodes a year. I got what I call them the major plot, like the, the A plot. That's going to last for 120 episodes, more or less, you know. I got the B plot, which is usually stuff that happened with different characters. And I got the C plot, which usually is a story. The story can last for a week or a day or two days. And sometimes it's just a quickie. Somebody gets in the police station, he gets out, or he gets in to, to confess the crime, or, you know, it's... it's I don't have a recipe. And I think that's why, you know, these the people, the audience are still attracted to this show because they don't know where I'm going because I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I think today as a writer, I mean, the audience are pretty intelligent. They're, you know, smart people because they've seen a lot of stuff. When I used to write drama for like 10 or 13 hours, I wouldn't know exactly how to start and how to end it. And, you know, it was the journey to go there. And I think that, you know, having written so many episodes of District uh, 31, I think that when you do that, people know where you're going because they're smart. Unless, you know, you want to trick them all the time. Me, I start with something and I don't know. So how would you know if I don't? And and writing is like directing. It's the same thing. I mean, you, you become a good director because you direct a lot. I mean, you work a lot. And I think writing is the same thing. You know, I'm not the same writer that that I was, uh, you know, I've been in this racket almost for 28 years now. And, you know, I'm not today the same writer that that, that I was five years ago. There's some some of this stuff that, that you understand that, and I know, I mean, if I write something, I know what people are going to think. And I think it's hard to explain, but it's a feeling, you know, it's a feeling. I know how the audience is going to react. I know. I know if I write this, they're going to react a certain way. If I... So so, you know, I sometimes, you know, I some of people write me saying I'm confused. And I used to tell people, well, that's my job. It's to make you, it's to confuse you. That's what I do. You know, that's why I, I write so many episodes. You know, you think I'm going there. I'm not going there. I'm going somewhere there. And and uh, that's it. That's the way I work. You know, I couldn't do it differently. I mean, uh, how can you plan for 120 episodes? I don't know. You know it would, it would, that's usually what I say. You know, because broadcasters sometimes, you know, they ask you, what are you going to write about this year? And say, I don't know. I'm going to write. I'll tell you after. I don't I don't know. You know it's not, it's like a painter. You know, you're not asking what are you going to paint for the for the next year or the next two years? You know, he goes there and he's got the brushes and everything and he paints. And, that, and that's it. That's what I do. Yeah. I write. And I mean, I was going to ask you as well. I mean, cop shows, they're obviously continuing. To, they're, you know, they're so popular around the world all the time time and 
and but there's been a bit of um, I guess uh, you know look, looking inwards maybe at, at how cop shows are going to progress considering some of the themes we're seeing in the world at the moment you know the, the Black Lives Matters movement has, has certainly made some cop shows maybe look at how they're going to address that theme and 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 the conduct of their own officers is that something that you you like to do to to set the show in the real world and, and think about these things or do you try and keep a distance and, and keep this world of District 31 kind of, of isolated maybe? No, of course I use that because I'm 60 years old so nobody can hurt me anymore. I mean, my career is done, you know, <laughs> almost done. And, and and you know, I, I think I, I've got a certain credibility I can talk about these things, you know. Mm. I talked a lot about Facebook and Twitter accounts and stuff like that and Black Lives Matter and racism and, uh, and I got some of my characters, you know, some of them are racist, some are not. Some, I mean, this is a, a micro society. That's what it is, you know. And and uh, and it would be foolish to avoid these these uh, debate just because. Uh, well, they happen in real life, so you know. I mean, uh, I'm a, and sometimes I do that a lot. You know, sometimes somebody would tell me a story that happened in Australia, and I say, okay, well, I'll do something. They yeah, change the names and you know adapt everything and. And because I think it is important, you know, I talk, I talk a lot now, you know, uh, about um, domestic violence. It's a real problem, you know. So, uh, so I did a couple of uh, great stories about it. You know, there was a story of a family that was friends with one of the cops, and you know, they they were going through a divorce, and I, I tried to expose all the, you know, the problematic around around a situation like this. And it's most of the time they are not happy endings. They end pretty badly, you know. And I mean, you, you obviously mentioned the, the longevity of your career there. I mean, District 31, I mean, how does that compare to maybe some of the, the other projects that you've done or or the kind of shows that you've enjoyed making through your career? Some people are usually ask me, why do you still do that? I mean, that, that, that's... <laughs> I don't have a life. I don't. I'm just, the only thing I'm doing is writing, and and uh, I don't know. I I think it's so fun. It's I. You can't compare it to anything. Mm-hmm. There's only one person on this planet who can understand what I'm going through, and it's probably my producer because she's been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, for 20 years she wrote a, a daily show like that, 120 episode every year. It's 4,800 pages of screenplay every year. That's a lot. So you you don't you can't compare compared to, to uh, and it's a first draft. There's no second draft. It's, I mean, I write, they shoot it, boom, it's on TV, you know? And um, to be able to obtain this quality, and it's not, it's usually begin with screenplays, you know? But it's also, you know, the quality, the actors and a technical team and, and everybody involved in that project to make it what it is now. I mean, it's a unique experience. It's a unique, I, I've learned so much as a writer, writing this show, uh, you know, I, I remember that I left television for about 10 years and I, you know, I directed movies, I wrote movies, directed movies and everything. And I would usually take like two years to write a screenplay for, for a movie, you know? And then I got this call from Fabienne, the producer. She said, yeah, do you want to go back to television? You, you could do a series. And we were talking about 10 episodes every year of a show called Blue Moon. It's a show I did about that, something else. And I said, I don't know if I'm able to write 10 hours every year. That's a lot of writing. You know, <laughs> and one day you know, we talked about 
District 31, and I said, uh, I said, for the challenge, I'll do it, you know? And I kind of liked it, you know, because I'm, I would probably be dead if I didn't do that, you know? I mean, I'm, I like to drink and I like to smoke cigars and everything and party, and, and I can't do that anymore, you know? I'm just sitting there writing, working, and, uh, and that's it, you know? It's a very solitary uh, world, you know, as you know, as a writer. I mean, you're alone on your desk, and so it all happens here. It's, uh, it's yeah. an incredible achievement doing one season, never mind five. Have you got ideas then yeah. for season six? When do you need to start typing again to get season six? Oh, uh, June 1st. I'm going to start on June 1st. I got many ideas, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not it's, but every year, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with a producer who knows the business. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, who did that for 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, she always asked me, how many you want to do? You, know, you want to do 10, 20, 50, 100 episodes, 120? You decide. You, you tell me as I'm, I'm gonna go for 120 you know right <laughs> yeah well, enjoy your break before then it's, it sounds like it's much deserved um yeah if we go back to kind of the, the start of your career had you always wanted to be a writer how did you kind of end up in your first writing job no I, actually when I was pretty young I'm pretty young like 16 years old my father used to work in you know for schools and universities and stuff like that and I passed this test I don't know if you have these tests over there uh, where you live but we have this test that lasts for about four hours and you answer like a hey hundred question do you prefer doing a drawing or going to swim or whatever mm-hmm. and at the end of the test test result it was about literature or writing that the result of my test was saying you should be writing and I started laughing I said to my father <laughs> no way dad. I can't I can even write a postcard when I go on vacation I my dad forget about it and that's you know the life went on and you know, I did a little bit of music and did my study in administration. I I was a political advisor, and um, and I can't explain. I mean, one day life took me and say, "No, you're a writer." And I I sat down. I wrote a series called Omerta, which was a huge success in Quebec. I mean, it's it was big about the about the mob. You know, I haven't wrote anything before. Uh, I didn't know the difference between the producer or director or I just wrote a first episode, a second episode, and the last episode, and an outline of all the episodes, and I went to see a producer. I remember with a tie, and I was <laughs> naive. And uh, and they looked at it, they read it, and they say, they say, we don't know if you did that, but if you did that, don't ever ask any question about what you're going to do in your life. You're going to be a writer. Uh, and we did it, and that's how I started. I did this Omerita for three years. I did another show about Colonel Bikers. I did a political satire. I did so many things after, you know. So Murta, as, as I've read around, a Murta kind of may have influenced The Sopranos or, or you've been linked. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. That yeah. How yeah, do you yeah. look back on that show then and consider it, you know, standing among what is rated one of the best shows of all time? <laughs> well, it's it's amazing because I did Omerta and and not long after the, you know, the, the Sopranos were created. I did a show called The Last chapter and soon after they created son of anarchy so it's kind of uh i don't know i i you know i used to do that you know different shows and then you know americans look at it the europeans look at it and say ah, well we, we might do a version of that and, and uh you know i can't i can't explain really that stuff yeah if you know the lottery numbers let me know because uh you know <laughs> yeah there's a yeah there, there's a secret it's, 
this. You got to write. You got to work. You know, there's there's a there's no secret. There's no secret. It's it's all about work. You know, work, work, work. And uh, I'm never happy about what I'm doing. I'm always criticizing this and that. And and uh, but that's part of being a writer. You know, it's uh, and when you and when you sit down and write about the mob or you write about bikers or, or cops, I mean, is there a way into a new story that is it is it you suddenly struck you know get an interest in a particular genre or you have a character or you know what what's that origin point of, of thinking right this is going to be my next show i don't know sometimes because stuff happens you know and and that, oh i might do a story about this or a story about that i remember omerta to make a long story short i i, I used to uh i interviewed like 20 double agents that used to work on a secret operation for the fbi and i'm they were talking about planting microphone on the, you know, at the, one of the big mafia guys in New York. And and I was always interested in details. I would always say, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. how did you do that? How do you plant a microphone in a house where there's always somebody in the house? I mean, there's I mean, people that they are there, you got a job. To, how do you do that? And that's basically the way I write. I, I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of shows about cops. Uh, was, we've seen a million of them, you know, uh, about mob, about bikers, about. But I'm always interested in that small little details because we never get them in these shows. And that's probably why District 31st works so well, you know. I mean, if I go as deep as how complicated it is to write a warrant, and I can tell you a story spread you know, on 30 weeks about a warrant being defective, There's something wrong in the warrant that, you know, the, the warrant is not going to be applicable or you can't use whatever you, you got from that warrant in a court case of, I'm interested in that kind of thing. And I think that's why people relate so much to, with digital you know they it's all about details those little details that 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 we don't usually know that people don't tell you because it's too complicated and people are not gonna like it it's I, and you know I, I think it's the opposite you know when the when, when you can show them and tell them how complicated it is after they, they understand you know that's basically it I mean how much research then do you do into these details <laughs> it's a 30 years research I, I, I'll I'll tell you something. Sometimes I have discussion with, with lawyers and, and investigators and we're discussing real case. And sometimes I'm going to throw them, to throw something at them and say, oh, we never thought about it. You know, we never thought about this this way. And oh, yeah, you might be right about this. There's this one case now happening and 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 something I would think to lawyer, I would talk to lawyers and throw them a couple of things. Yeah. Did you think about that? Or, you know, that man says so and so in the newspaper. He's not supposed to know about so and so and and when you write about something for like 25 years or 30 years i think it's the research is done you know there's no secret and uh, today i know how things are working and you know it's i could be i think i could be a cop tomorrow morning i don't think i have the character to be a good cop but uh, i'm not patient enough i was interested to, to know you as you mentioned you, you know you've directed and written some films i mean why is it that you came back to, to tv what is it how, how do you see films film and, and TV working together? Because I understand you're a, you're a huge film fan. So why is it that you've maybe just always come back to TV? That's a good question. It's pretty tough to do movies in Quebec. It's very long. There's no money. And there's a lot of filmmakers. And um, a film, 
is something that disappears very fast, unless you're writing a D movie of the, of the year or something like that. Most of the movies, it's something that it takes a long time to do. And after a month, it's gone. I mean, you go in a theater. If you're lucky enough, you stay there for two months. Uh, and then, boom, it's, there's, it's dead. There's another one. Television is a medium where you're there all the time. And you can, uh, I, I usually say, and you know, some uh, Denis Arquin is a good friend of mine. And I always argue with Denis Arquin saying, you know, writing a good movie is probably the most difficult task for a writer in life. I mean, it's hard writing. You can write, anybody can write a movie. That's easy. But writing a good movie is unbelievably hard because you got like two hours to tell a story. So it's better be, it better be good. I've got 120, 30-minute segment to tell a story. I can go anywhere I want. And it's, I call it the lobster trap. Once you're in, you can't get out. I'm going to make sure you're not going to get out. That's probably why I, I, came back to television for the format. The format is bigger. I mean, it's larger. It's longer. You can go into, you know, characters, death, stuff that you can't do doing movies. That's for one. The second thing is, is um, I like good ones. <laughs> They're expensive. And I mean, obviously, you're, you're obviously involved in a, in a successful long-running TV show. But I mean, just in terms of the landscape around you for Quebec TV, I mean, how would you just, how do you see the TV industry there at the moment and, and what opportunities are there for new writers you know established writers like yourself to to pitch and, and make new shows is are there, are there lots of is there lots of opportunity at the moment would you say yes yes probably not as much you know on on uh primetime tv because you know it's you know broadcaster like people that are established but even though you know i mean we've seen young writers good shows um good writing uh, i mean there's a lot of opportunity in, especially in Quebec. I mean, there's so many talents, so many good writers in Quebec. Yeah, if you want to do something, but yeah, it's always the same. It's all about work. It's, it's Yes, it's about talent, but it's about work. And, you know, how much do you believe in yourself? You know, I mean, and I, I tell, you know, I tell to new writers, I give some masterclass once in a while, and, and I, I tell young writers, you know, when you think you're at the end of it, when you're, when, you, when you're up to your 25th version of your screenplay, and you think this is it, well, it's only the beginning. That's where you're going to begin, you know. There's a lot of work to do, you know. There's a, And it's all about work. I've never seen talented people who work hard fail. It's impossible. If you're talented, if you work, you're not Gonna fail. You might miss an opportunity here and there, but at the end, you're gonna work. I mean, that's uh, as simple as that. You know, uh, if you try to do what has been done like 10 years ago, if you try to do another District uh, 31 now, you're probably gonna fail. Not because it won't be good, it's because they have it. They don't need another one, you know? So if you have um, new stuff to bring to the table, they, they'll listen to you. Of mm -hmm. course, they're not crazy people. They're good people, talented people, you know? I mean, contrary to movies, in Quebec their heads are on the line that that's what the good thing about television if your show doesn't work you're gone that's it and when I say when your show is not work if your show is not work I'm not saying necessarily about a large audience that that you know because some of the shows have very small audience but they're very good shows you know
know, very uh, uh, unique in the style and the way of writing and everything, you know, and um, that's it. And I guess the, the knock-on effect of all these opportunities is, is because of the growing number of channels and, and streaming platforms. I mean, how, how do you think they're shaping TV now in Quebec and, and I guess around the world? Because there's so many different places to, to have shows and, and different types of shows as well. That must be, um, you know, mouthwatering for a writer with lots of ideas to, to be able to pitch them at different places. Yeah, oh yeah, for young writers, yes, of course, of course. You know, I mean, uh, like I told you, audience are, are not stupid. They're they're bright, kind of bright. You know, they, they know a lot because especially since two years, listen, to a lot of TV, you know, a lot of TV shows. They've seen a lot. So, of course, there's, you know, the streaming, the Netflix of, you know, this world and all these streaming companies. And, of course, you know, there, there's room for all, all kind of projects. But I think that, you know, at the end, you got to stick to what you believe in your own style. Because there's so many people that are going to tell you that you got a good idea, but that's not the way it's supposed to be written. <laughs> uh, especially with producers, you know. You got to stay true to yourself. You got to listen I mean, it's a balance between listening to good advice and, and being true to yourself. You know, uh, like McKee says, it's, you write the truth, the truth within, within yourself, whatever you believe. Whether it's good or bad, or it's but you can't. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You know, it's 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 all about pe- who who you work with. You know, I usually said to young young writer, don't worry about how much you're gonna be paid. Worry about who you're gonna work with mm-hmm. and who you can listen and you who you should not listen. That's basically it. You know? That seems like a good uh, <laughs> a good lesson. I mean, what what have been some of those other lessons that you've you've learned through your career to help you become a better writer, or or maybe what are some of the challenges that you faced along a way to, to get you where you are now? The next step could be the, the good one. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little story. I wrote a show called Blue Moon. I wrote the four, the, the first four episodes. I did 17 versions. And at, at the end, you know, when I gave the last version, I said, you know what? This show's not working. It's a bad idea. It's not a good idea. It's And we all went to, oh, well, maybe, 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 okay, maybe, maybe it's wrong. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a good idea after all and i said you know let 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 me sleep on it for a week and i'll come back to it in a week and the 18th version was the good one and we did a show for three years so if if you think you're at the end of it it's all part of the process if you're a writer and you got the pretension of you know you want to talk to people because that's what writers do you know they talk to people through their words and everything if you think that this little voice you have inside of you has something to say well, you better listen to that little voice. When that little voice says, what you did is not enough. You know, sometimes I know stuff is not working and I keep writing. And then all of a sudden, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon, I stop, take everything, boom. And I will rewrite like 15 pages because I know it's not working. So if that little voice inside of you is smart enough to talk to millions of people, I hope it's good enough to talk to yourself. It's your own little voice, you know. So listen to it mm-hmm. very carefully. It's important. Yeah. If you think something is not working, it's not working. Yeah. Believe don't try to cheat because the only person you're going to cheat is yourself people don't care especially on television they don't remember they remember characters they don't remember story that's another thing if I had another advice to give to young writers is forget about the story it's all about the character we don't I don't remember what's, what Steve McGrath did in the Hawaii Five O. there was so many stories but I remember the character I mean it's as simple as that you know we don't know what Joker did in his life we all know Joker 
we all know who Joker is, you know, and Batman. So that, that's it. That's, you make it sound so simple. <laughs> but it is simple. Because sometimes people, you know, people, sometimes people approach me and say, Luke, I've got this idea. So, okay, you've got 20 words. If you don't, if you can't tell me a story in 20 words, you don't have a story. You're just babbling about something, you know. If you can't resume a good story, I can resume you, uh, Omerta, quite easily. The story of a cop who falls in love with a daughter of the mob guy. That's Omerta. That's three years of writing, you know. If you can't do that, you don't have a story. If you start, well, that's the story of a man who goes to the store and then he meets the, nah, that, that doesn't work, you know. It has to be simple. And then it's it's simple. The more you write, the more you end up writing simple things. Because mm -hmm. the real stories are in the simple things. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, I, I know because when I write complicated stuff, it's complicated for me too, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what's next for you? I mean, do you, do you foresee District 31 carrying on for a few more years or do you have something else? You no, want I, don't, I, I don't see it that way. I just take it one year at the time because it's, I can't, I can't tell you what, I've got so many projects that I want to do, you know, and I'm 60 years old, I'm not 35, you know, I mean, <laughs> time goes by and uh, the, the more it gets, the, it, the tougher it gets because, you know, I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm 60 years old and I got to do, you know, some uh, trade mills uh, an hour every morning if I want to keep in shape, you know, when I write, I don't drink. I am, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm working and everything, but <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of sacrifices. So before saying yes for another year, I, I, I have to balance everything. You know, I'm 60. Uh, I live more than, you know, I'm, I'm not going to live until 120 years old. That's for sure. <laughs> so I got to think about that too, you know, and people around me, I mean, because I, you know, I don't see my friends quite often because I work a lot and uh, you know I can't go on a Friday sometimes that's the I think the hardest part is probably this one you know when the, a Friday night in July friends are calling me and say what are you doing it's Friday night it's 8 o'clock we're all at the restaurant you come and eat with us and have a drink with us and, and you say I can't mm -hmm. I'm writing I can't I, I got a job to do I got to do it you know that's tough it's tough you know it's tough yeah. but it's I'm not complaining you know I live well they pay me good so it's a nice problem to have perhaps yeah. <laughs> that's right especially when I think about all these writers that are not working and especially during these times you know, the pandemic and yeah, everything yeah. Will you, I mean you always say you know that uh, you don't know how the show is going to end or where it's going to go I mean will you know how to end the show when perhaps that time comes I'll feel it yeah, it comes to a point where I always say the same thing you know I'm, I'm going to do this show if I don't have fun doing this show I'll stop <laughs> doing it so it's it's um I have a friend of mine who used to play in the National Hockey League, big star. I don't want to name his name, but he's a big star and everything. Good player. And I asked him, I said, when do you know when it's time for you to take a retreat? You know, to that's it. It's over. He says it, it happened in one morning. He says, I, you know, I, I went up, made breakfast. He turns to his wife and says, That's enough. I, I don't want to play hockey anymore. I'm I'm done. I'm finished. I don't want to do that again. And it's probably gonna be the same thing, you know. I'm gonna be writing something thing and i'm gonna turn around and say you know what that's enough i, I got enough of the cop things and i'll do something else you know luke deal speaking with michael picard as part of c21's content quebec on demand which concluded online last week 
Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net if you're a pro subscriber, and there'll be more from the event in the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 